Welcome, everybody, to episode 32 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. You should follow us at Two on Three Pod on Twitter, where the action is, uh, or you can send us an email at <laughs> Two on Three Pod at gmail.com. I like reading it. I just do. Because I s- forgot to start. Ch- like, I, I've completely you, forgotten to check it now. You hate reading it. But it's funny. Well, anyway. so much so that last week we had a, like a podcast emergency trying to pull together the cruise control episode because I had forgot to pay the bill. Because <laughs> you, <'cause> you <laughs> don't check the mail. Because I wasn't checking the mail. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, I'm Chris, and you can uh, catch me working on my dance moves at uh, CD Villa Senor on Twitter. That'll make much more sense in a bit. And with me, as always, is Ty. I love to dance in a dress shirt. <laughs> I'm gonna take a video of myself doing it. You and where can it. they where can they find this video? Uh, probably on Twitter at seatjk. See, there we go. Uh, what are we talking about today? It's mostly a news of the day kind of thing because I want to be just like David Muir on the ABC. He's very handsome, that David Muir. He's got that good news hair and everything. It is. He he, he looks like uh, if Link from the Zelda video games grew up <laughs> and now reads the news for ABC. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> He got the ear surgery, but he kept the kept the hair. <laughs> that is He's, very that is, that is shockingly accurate. I, <laughs> I had not I had not put that together for myself, but uh, the thing, I'm not going to be able to unsee that for sure. Well, I'm glad I could help you out with that. You know, he he has that hair I always wanted when I was younger. That it, like extends somehow out in in some sort of a shelf out over his forehead and then <laughs> and swoops then... <laughs> back in a very elegant fashion. Yeah, it's great. It's really good hair. Kind of like uh, you know, like the Ocean Spray logo a little bit, except sure. you know, maybe a little slightly more tasteful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There we go. All right, so we're talking about uh, social media stuff, the the vast gift and curse that is the social media. I think the way you put it on the the agenda is the way you should sum it up. I what think we statute? need? We're talking about the stat. Yeah, yeah, the statute of limitations on your social media stuff. Exactly. Um, we're going to talk about uh, the trillion dollar company. And what that means to the world, and then we're gonna do Nothing a little good. And then we're gonna do a little trailer park, uh, since there's some really cool uh, movie trailers out. And in the OT, we'll just you know we'll chat whatever about about what's going on, mostly so, dancing, in dress shirts, in dress shirts. Anyway, I like dress shirts. All right. all right, let's let's start let's start first of all on the statute of limitations on social media stuff. Sure. Seems to be the rage these days where people are deep diving your social media and then pulling out stuff and getting you in trouble. Indeed. Um, I think this. I think we're in the kind of environment these days where, where people are wanting to, just make people look like idiots, and the easiest place to go is to someone's social media. <laughs> now, now, as much as as much as we'd like to, to burn on Jared Kushner, he's the only guy I think that I know, who's done the smart thing where he just burned his. He burned his Twitter to the ground. The second they got into this whole political thing, the first thing he did was wipe the whole thing out yeah. and start new, yes. which I think is brilliant. I mean, if you're if you're at all thinking about running for public office in oh, this yeah. day and age, burn your burn your Twitter down now. Just just the, before you even file the paperwork, you got to burn it down. I think that's the prudent thing to do. I do think that there's something to be said for the fact that lately last couple of days okay so there's a couple of different things that have happened right the athlete thing is one thing and that is for better or for worse if it results in someone down the road thinking twice about using that kind of hateful language to make jokes at someone else's expense 
because they saw this incident happen. I think we're at the what you'd call the inflection point for this sort of social media thing, where parents haven't the parents of these children didn't grow up with it. Like we're a little different. Our children are a little younger than these young adults that are experiencing this issue. And I think sure. we're probably more educated on the internet and able to say, "Look, it's in pen. Don't put anything on the internet that you don't want people to be able to bring up to you." You know, I mean, uh, I, there was a somebody posted a a guide, an athlete guide. And I, I apologize for not remembering who off the top of my head, but saying basically, like, if you're not comfortable saying it to a camera, you shouldn't post on social media. Yeah, but I mean, then there's there are a, rules. There are rules for famous people. Yeah. But then there's a second wave, which is what's going on now, which is this politically motivated in bad faith mining of tweets in order to try to exact this similar type of vengeance. Because, you know, there's been a lot of this pushback on, oh, well, you're, you're overly PC-ness and things like that. When, I mean, political correctness, frankly, it's, it's if you, I, I've come to the, the conclusion that if you use that term, really what you're saying is, I don't like it when people tell me to stop being an asshole. And so yeah. there's this, this like, well, I'm going to bite back at the people that are that are insisting that I don't be an asshole by showing the world that they can also be assholes and get them treated the same way that I was treated. And it's often in bad faith, right? A lot of times, read in context, some of these things that have been brought to light are not. For instance, there's a, there's a, a world of difference between the crappy things that James Gunn posted th- than, you know, fighters or baseball players, uh, you know, using the F word or the N word in, tw- in Twitter, those are not the same thing. And right. there's this false equivalency being drawn between them because that is the weapon of these people that make these bad faith arguments that this is the same as this. So I guess, yeah, and, I- it, and it works both ways. Right. I mean, and that's the, I think that what we get down to is we, we, we get down to this whole, I'm going to remove all the context from whatever you've put on social media. Right. I'm going to mine it out and then I'm going to trot it out, and then I'm going to add my own context to it, and then I'm going to fire it at you at a million miles an hour. Right. And who can defend themselves against that in this day and age? I mean, there's what I mean, like James Gunn. What is James Gunn going to say? I mean, I thought his I thought his statement was terrific. If you read mm-hmm. his statement where he said, you know, a decade ago I was just trying to be I was just this nobody who was just thought it'd be fun to say edgy crap on on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I don't mean it seriously, and I believe him. And you know, it's it's a it's a terrible thing to have written. I mean, it's a, but it's a joke. Sure. And and at some point, it, at what some point, you can't make jokes anymore. You certainly can't make jokes on like those kind of jokes on on social media anymore, because once your audience gets to a certain size, or once your stature gets to a certain point, they're going to mine you for it, right? They're going to mine your they're going to mine your social media. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you bring this up because I happened to watch the most recent episodes of Roast Battle recently. Okay. And uh, it's, it's who's, great. Who's running, who's running the Roast Battle these days? Jeff Ross. It's still Jeff Ross. It's always Jeff Ross. Oh, God, it's his, Jeff it's Ross. His, that's his career now. It's his, he's the rudest bastard ever. But anyway. So that's the whole thing. Is it, and, and in that space, it seems to be an acceptable place to make inappropriate types of jokes like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and today they had two Asians facing off and one was transgender and one was not and then they're but they are making both racist and and transgender jokes at each other but it's because they are part of the marginalized group they're talking about that makes it okay and that's the thing that that's the thing that people can't parse right is you never know who's going to be offended by what so it's just safer not to make the jokes um and we have a huge problem too with the mob rule the reaction to the mob rule thing it's like if you're going to be capitalist once you 
Now, if you truly believe, okay, you said abhorrent things, and I don't think you should be part of this project anymore. That's one thing. If all you're doing is reacting to the fact that somebody pointed out that 10 years ago you made some shitty comments on the internet, that's not really the right thing to do. So part of the problem is the enforcements, the enforcement structure we've created, which is all based around capitalism, isn't really equipped to handle this either. Because the people in power don't have enough familiarity with it. I mean, shit, our government, like, they, don't ha- they don't even understand how the internet works. <laughs> As we remember from our great Zuckerberg uh, hearings, the, exactly. the, Zucker, the Zuckerberg hearings, <laughs> this is ridiculous. The Zuckerberg but, yeah, monologues. They don't, they don't get it. And but what's other? What's really funny is that I don't think you know. There's this really. I think the mob, the quote unquote mob, is really relatively small. But they're For sure, rel- it's just they're, loud. Rel- they're relatively loud. I think most people don't give a crap that James Gunn made. You know crappy jokes on the internet a decade ago and they're just waiting for guardians of the galaxy volume three to come out (laughs) and now it's not (laughs) and so for me i'm thinking well this sucks i'd rather see guardians of the galaxy three he needs to make up for two anyway so let's i mean that's what i'm pissed about he needs to make up if you you want to fire james gunn you should fire him for guardian of the galaxy two not for crappy jokes he made on the internet 10 years ago he, he needs to be, yeah. He needs to make up with the fact that he thinks it's a good movie and defends it. Right. That he <laughs> that's what needs to change. But, but the, yeah, the truth is though, our glib attitude about this—that I care more about my, you know—and again, going back to the who the people are that are that are creating these arguments that they would say that you care more about your entertainment than you do about people. I don't. It's not that I don't. I care about my entertainment more than I care about my. People, I just don't care that James Gunn made crappy jokes on the internet a decade ago because that's a decade ago. I mean, let's let's go. Let's all, you know, we I'm we're, I'm thankful every day that there was no social media when I was 25 or when I was 20 years old because Lord knows what I would have put up on social media when I was 20 25 years old. Well, I can think back to the kinds of shit that I said and did. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, I'm not proud of that. And that's that's how you grow as a person. You learn right. about the world, and you discover that your bad opinions are bad. And ideally, you change you know you change your way of thinking to be more inclusive. And certainly, that happened for me um, as I got older and more worldly. I mean, I, I'm not going to make it light of the fact that I, I junior high, high school, I lived in some really small towns with very few minorities. Uh, same thing in in, in um, you know, so coming back, coming down to college, I had some, and also I lived with some RWNJs in my home and, uh, in my, you know, my, my, uh, my grandfather is a, went from being a, a regular Fox news lunatic to a person I don't speak to anymore. Um, sure. and you know, in that time I've grown and become a much more educated and, and, and aware person i don't want to use the word woke because it's you know disgusting but uh you know <laughs> what i'm term, saying it's like that term makes me that i'm some asshole awful. from you know alaska at 17 saying why isn't there a white entertainment channel it's not fair because i don't understand the context right because right. i'm 17 and i don't know anything about anything and that's the kind of dumb shit i would have put on the internet back then that i thought was like insightful but obviously it's both moronic and poorly informed right but you need right. to learn that it's moronic and poorly informed and if you have a an internet pen that lets you write your bad opinions on the internet and everyone just simply attacks you for it that's not going to get us anywhere now i'm not saying people deserve to not be attacked because by now you should probably know the internet's been the way it is for quite some time and you have the ability to expose yourself to enough 
other sources of information that you should be growing. But I can certainly identify with the idea that I was once dumb and now I'm no longer dumb and I wouldn't do the same dumb things that I did back then because things have changed. And and James Gunn being our example doesn't have a pattern of this. Right. At least, I mean, not a recent pattern. I mean, a decade ago, apparently he put up a half a dozen poorly (laughs) conceived jokes that he thought were edgy. But there's, it's not like, but, but it's not like he's, it's not like he's a, a groper and a weirdo and a this and that. I mean, he doesn't have any, I mean, there's none of that following him around in a, but it's just like he made some bad jokes on the internet. Well, and that particular uh, effort was spearheaded by right-wing troll Mike Thernovich. Well, I mean, you know what, and, and, and in all fairness, left-wing trolls dig up stuff on right you know, right wingers. I mean, it's just, a, it's the whole, that's the whole game now is let's dig up old stuff on each other and then throw it at each other and not put in context and, 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 you know, try to get people fired from their jobs. I just sure. don't, I mean, it's, that's, that's the game. And I don't think it's, I, I think it's a bad game because I think that, that it requires you to cut loose your own intelligence and say, well, really what's this person getting to? And, and you know that it's just, it's all crap. It's all, I mean, it, and it, and it devalues the social media if you want to, if you could devalue it anymore. <laughs> I get less and less <laughs> attached to it all the time. Yeah, I'm but, very, very close to completely deleting my Facebook profile. I mean, I just know what, I just know, I just, I always call it the, uh, you know, the internet cocktail party. I just don't want to, I don't want to dig in too deep on any of it. I just, hey, show me your, show me your, show me what you're eating and show me what your kids are doing. And then, <laughs> and I'm good. Well, that's what Facebook's trying to claim that they're doing these days. But the last thing I'll say about it before we move on is that we could honestly talk about this forever because the aspect of the false equivalency that goes on and the fact that, you know, James Gunn loses his job, but meanwhile, Alex Jones, who's doing real harm to real people by accusing them of things that are patently untrue. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you know, he specifically has said many times that the entire Sandy Hook uh, incident was a hoax and that people are actors and he's ruined these people's lives. The Obama Obama quote from the last couple of days is pretty good, too. Yeah. The guy's guy's a loon. But But my point is, hold on, hold on. My point is is this, is that there's, there's this effort to try to have to get you know there's a lot more effort having to be organized effort into trying to get someone like that who probably shouldn't have a platform to say all this hateful shit and there's this notion of the media needs to be quote-unquote balanced so they continue to give him a platform but meanwhile because the ramifications of someone saying something 10 years ago is different and not a media personality in the same way that has a platform for speaking they lose their job you see what i'm getting at like if you're on if your job is to say shit on the internet you can somehow say whatever you want. If you have a different job, but you say shit on the internet and people don't like it, you lose that job. Yeah, and it and it's because and it's because those people have to work for somebody else. If you don't have to work for somebody else, you can say whatever the hell you want to. But on the, the platform can art. The platforms could easily say we don't want you on the platform, but they don't because there's money in it. Yeah. All right, I don't talk about this anymore. It makes <laughs> me mad. <laughs> <laughs> well. It should. Anyway, speaking of money, this it? is this is a yeah. Speaking of making money, um, Apple today became the first trillion dollar valuation for a company. So we're well on our way to, uh, um, you know, the Wayland you the Wayland company the from the Alien films, right? It's yeah, we're getting any of these we're, companies, right? We're we're getting there. So 
You know what's funny? Remember when like Walmart was supposed to be the thing? Like the Walmart, Walmart was supposed to take over the planet, whatever. And Walmart's valuation is like two hundred billion, and which is not a lot in this day and age. I mean, it's a lot, but it's not like overwhelming. It's not a trillion bucks. Yeah. And you know, and then now we've got, and now we've got Amazon on the way to a trillion. I think they're like eight, almost nine hundred billion. Well, the problem so, we have here is the market capital is going to give them too much power. Like Amazon enters an industry and they take it over. Right. Just like Walmart used to do, right? Walmart sure. would Walmart would build a Walmart in your town because it happened in my town and yeah. all the other stores basically just closed down. Sure. Because they can't compete with Walmart. No. So now Supply Amazon, chain management, man. <laughs> <laughs> so now, but now Amazon is the thing because now they don't even have stores and you know, that so that becomes we just ship that stuff to your house. You don't even have to go to Walmart now. So it's a, it's a now we're getting to this place though. I think the point I have of this particular this particular segment is that now we when companies get this big we get into serious consolidation, right? Mm-hmm. We get into this this serious business of of you know, where am I gonna get my next phone? And at some point down the road, is it all gonna be iPhones? I mean I, right now we have Pretty, I think we have a fairly healthy competition. I think, uh, I think from a do we uh, though? Less than ten hand- years ago, we had like fifteen phone manufacturers. Now we have for, like four. Well, from a handset perspective, I th- I think that you know Apple, Apple is is it half? I don't even I think, think it's that much. Actually, yeah. I think it's less than twenty five percent. Right. So that's what's interesting is they get you get into this, you get into this thing where Apple has Apple has it's not just handsets, right? It's it's the music piece. It's all this other stuff that goes along with a mobile experience. Right. But at some point, at what point does it become a uh, something that's too big? Right. They, the government was happy to break up the phone companies when I was a kid. I remember this very clearly. Um, where they broke up Ma Bell into all the baby bells. Sure. And because of of competitive. For competitive issues, long distance rate hikes. If I recall, <laughs> that was the problem. Oh, how quaint! Remember, right? we used to have to. Remember, we used to have to pay for long distance phone calls. Oh, I I used to sell long distance in a pyramid scheme. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> in college. Is that is that on your social media? Can we? Can I use that against you later on? It did the, not uh, exist, thankfully. <laughs> but uh, but at, at what point do we get to Whalen Utani land for? for these companies where they're just the, the whole thing where they're where Amazon is the only place you can buy something and where's the backlash coming is the backlash coming is it uh, or are we still a ways off uh, I don't know I, this is a tough topic too real quickly just because I looked it up while we were talking um, Apple is 19% of the global smartphone market and 43% of the US smartphone market oh. I just wanted to point that out um so, <laughs> I, I I think there is, to, for there to be a backlash, the government would have to care about protecting the citizens, and I don't think that that is the case. <laughs> so, the challenge is that, because the citizens are never going to revolt against somebody that brings them convenience. Um, I mean, I see all the danger, but it's really hard to, to wean yourself off of the idea that, look, I can a couple of taps on my phone and this thing I need is going to be at my house in 24 hours and I don't have to go anywhere. That is, that's a tough proposition to get away from. Right. Or the, the, I want to listen to this music or I want to watch this thing. I can watch it right now 
while I hold this in my hand. Yeah, in fact, I think a couple of years ago I tweeted complaining that I pay for every internet subscription service there is for television. At least I did at the time. I've cut down on a few now. And I couldn't find a show that I wanted to watch, and I was super pissed about it. <laughs> I was like, why can't I find this? I'm paying for everything. Why Everything should be available to me. Um, but yeah, I, we don't... I mean, guy. Apparently, this is gonna be the politics show because, you know, this is the same thing as talking about GDP hitting four percent. It's the stock market is not GDP. The reason GDP grows is because wages don't, and, and not understanding and the fact that most people don't understand or care about that is, you know, that that is very basic. That's straight. That's straight at your wallet. Um, certainly, I don't think you're gonna. The average person is gonna get upset at Apple being too big. Yeah, because it's the crown jewel of America, the American economy, right? It's the thing that we point to to say, well, look, we've got Apple. You know what I mean? It's right. Like America, does, America does that better than anybody. You know, it's, we do technological innovation better than anybody. We, we, we supply the world's entertainment content better than anybody. I mean, that's, the, uh, that's, that's, what, we, that's what we produce in this country, right? Technology and services. Yeah. And food. And content. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I call content part of the services economy. Yeah. yeah. You think that you, you think entertainment falls under that for you? In your, sure. Uh, in I mean, it's, it's a, it, it is a, it's not material goods. It's just distractions. Yeah. <laughs> we, we're plowing some deep fields here tonight. Well, it's, it's appropriate for my mood. Like I told you, I was in kind of a, this is actually right in line. <laughs> All these things we're talking about is, is. I don't know. Maybe I'm too. People would call me alarmist, but man, I'm freaking out. Things are. It's just not that far away from shit that's happened not that long ago in other countries. And I'm not saying this is Turkey, but I'm genuinely afraid. Speaking of technology and and, and issues around technology and, and not doing the right thing, I'm genuinely concerned about our ability to have a legitimate election in the fall. Yeah, I have genuine concerns about. I mean, they're already setting up the, the narrative framework for this idea that if there is, if the house does flip and go blue, that it's going to be like rejected as illegitimate, right? And oh, then firing yeah, up this, yeah, yeah. They'll they'll call they'll they'll call BS on the whole thing, and then well, it's already up. happening. They're already, he's already the messaging groundwork is already being laid. He says things like it all the time. Mm-hmm. So so we can't trust it. Like this is this is the fake. This is the this is we're laying the fake the fake news. The fake news becomes the fake results is yeah. what you're saying yeah it's, a, exactly. it's it's not a it's not a it's not a far leap to get from from you know fake news to fake elections yeah and then the way it ties back to capitalism is this goes back to what i was saying is that you said is there going to be a backlash and i was like well not unless because right now like we've talked about before there's a corporate party and then there is the other corporate party yeah right we don't have a political party that really cares about people like there's one that gives sort of lip service to the idea, and sure. then one that just doesn't even pretend. Um, somehow, the one that doesn't even pretend to care about people is the populist party. But I, you know, again, I don't really understand how any of the, uh, how anybody's brain works these days. Everybody has brain worms. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I mean, but you know, for for regular people, and and I and I and I, I you know I use that term a lot. The uh, you know people just want to be able to provide make a living you right. know live in relative peace 
and comfort <laughs> and whatever whatever system allows them to do that is is good enough but this is what you're talking about that's how you get shit like apartheid that's how you get shit like turkey because if you don't disrupt the quote-unquote ruling class enough then people just let it happen because they're like well it's not affecting me no, that's so what I'm, I'm saying yeah <laughs> and i think that's and i think that's a vast majority of people that's now you understand why I'm scared. <laughs> I'm just throwing basically throwing gas on your fire tonight. Is that what? Is Pretty saying? much. Just yeah. saying. But I mean, really. But how far do you have to push? How far do you have to push people? Right. I mean, who's who are the pretty who are far? The, who are the catalysts? Who are the catalysts for this? How do you how do you go? I mean, I understand when you live in a homogenous society, things are different. You know, if sure. you if you if you were talking about nineteen early 1900s Germany or early 1900s Japan there are nobody but Germans living in Germany and there are nobody but Japanese living in Japan Okay. so when you say that the emperor says to the Japan here we go we're going to take over the entire Pacific you know what everybody in Japan's like okay here we go because you know, there's no there's no balance to that but in America because we're not a homogenous society because we are a society of many many different kinds of people I think that there is more resistance to that kind of that kind of push than there would be under early 1900s types of homogenous society. I think we, I think I think we get some insulation, or at least we get low beta, right, in terms of how far can you push our society before a decent amount of people who are unlike, you know, unlike the majority start pushing back. And maybe we're starting to see that now. And if Congress hadn't completely abdicated their oversight duties in pursuit of naked political goals, then perhaps I'd feel more comfortable with it. But, you know, I mean, I'm a student of history, um, read a lot about Watergate, and Watergate existed under this, this sort of... It was Once there was proof that shit happened, then Congress acted. I have no faith that if... I, I much I be, I'm much more likely to believe that the hacks in Congress are going to turn around and say the Mueller report is compromised than are going to take it as actual police, you know, gathered evidence that, of crimes. So anyway, that's why. And then this goes back to the election, right? Because if they're going to completely abdicate, then the election is the only thing that can change that dynamic. And if the election is illegitimate or in some way contested or something, there's so many bad things that can happen if for some reason we can't get a clean election through um, this fall. No, well, that's fair. That's a, I think it's. A, I think it's a fair. Uh, I think it's a fair concern. Uh, but we'll see. I, I tend to be a little bit of a Pollyanna about the our, You know, the institutions of our government. Um, that I think at some point, you know, it pulls. It pulls through. But <laughs> maybe they'll. They'll have to pull me. They'll. They. They're, they're certainly. They're certainly open to proving me wrong. Well, and, the uh, difference too is that that fifty years ago there wasn't an entire network dedicated to disinformation well i mean but there are also there are also many networks digging for information there's much less crap you can pull in the in the in the broad daylight perhaps and and you know there's this whole there's still this whole argument about you know even though trump is president and the electoral college worked in his favor you still have a majority of people who voted against him so um so there's 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 i think there's enough balance in terms of people who would oppose something like that as opposed to there are, you know, 
nobody. <laughs> there's there's five percent of people cowering in a corner while, you know, while while the the government in power does whatever the hell they want to. So and it doesn't it doesn't help that the mainstream media continues to cover all news as if it's sports. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the other that's the other. The news used to be a loss leader, right? For networks, that was part of the deal. And then it was a public service, correct? And now it's about who watches it, and that's not a good way to run the news. (laughs) Well, when there were four channels, it was different. I hope everyone's really enjoying this lightweight episode of the Two on Three Man, Pod tonight. We did. We just we're sort of. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not. I know it's not usually what we give, but it's it's it's. In, I mean, but it's it's, it's what it's was, been it's, a tough couple of weeks, man. It's what's on my you know it's what's on our mind. I mean, that's the yeah. that's the whole point of this. True. Anyway, we're not doing this for money, man. We're we're doing this to get to the bottom of our feelings for the love of the game. <laughs> for the love of the game. <laughs> yes, you 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 know. Our happy hundred who download our uh, our our podcast every week, uh, yeah, they're getting a little, they're getting, a, they're getting a heavy, they're getting a heavy. Well, the shot. last thing I'll say to put a pin or a bow on the topic, going back to Apple, is that the thing that bothers me is that it's bad for innovation when you have consolidation, and lack of innovation means lack of progress. And if you're just pressing your install base as an economic advantage, then that just sucks for everybody, including the company, which becomes stale, and the people that work there don't have any fun, and right. everything about it's bad. Right. And the barriers of entry get high and all that kind of exactly. stuff. All that all that econ BS. All right. Let's switch to something a little bit let's, lighter. Let's. Let's, let's 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 dig toward the daylight as opposed to uh toward <laughs> the bottom. Um Comic Con was um just a few weeks ago and yeah. the beauty of Comic Con is you get the best toys and the best, you know uh you know, maybe my kids maybe my kids are probably not wade through this heavy you know heavy podcast this week so I'll get right to the point so the one thing that came out out of Comic Con was Lego today today what's today the first no yeah yesterday yesterday Lego Lego released this awesome huge Voltron what yes it's like 200 bucks worth of Lego Voltron well, anyway, it's fine as long as it's like four hundred, like the giant Millennium Falcon. <laughs> the, the Millennium Falcon's like eight hundred, but the uh, but anyway, giant giant Voltron. I bought it oh. <laughs> for Christmas because, and I'm going to make my kids put it together for me so I can put it in my office. <laughs> I would never let my kids put it together. That's the fun no. Part. They're much. They're 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 way conscientious about putting their Lego together. I fully trust. The lions, you build the lions individually and then they yeah. snap together. Uh-huh. Oh, we got some, wow, this is incredible. It's oh, amazing. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> anyway, that's coming to my house. We'll see that over Christmas. Check out the Twitter feed for the giant Lego um, Voltron. Nice. But uh, also what comes out of Comic-Con is movie trailers. And for... Oh, also like, Cholo Thanos. And ch- what? Cholo you, Thanos? <laughs> yes. <if> you don't, <laughs> so people do cosplay, obviously, right? Sure. And they do their own takes on it often. So I encourage people to, to go out and, and Google Cholo Thanos because it's worth the look. It's great. <laughs> it's but my favorite part is is movie trailers because, you know, I don't get to go to all the movies at the theater. So, um, but what, uh, but we, DC hit hit the bricks with their their big ones for the next, their, their two next, their big releases. And one is Aquaman and the other is Shazam. And the other Shazam, and you're giving the are you giving it the raspberry already? I, Aquaman, come on, dude! What? 
Now, Aquaman, I mean, I know Aquaman gets a big load of crap all the time because, what, he swims in the ocean. But he is, Aquaman is one of the original, he's, he's an original. I know, but these DC movies, I mean, I'll be honest, first of all. So I didn't, I was never a DC kid. Um, Marvel was huge when I was younger, especially so when it came to actual comic books, like I was X-Men all the way. Um, I read a lot of the Batman books and went back and read a lot of the novellas and stuff like that, Batman stuff, but I never really got into soups. Um, I didn't get into the DC expanded universe. I have problems with the names. They're so like, they're stupid. A lot of the, <laughs> like, the names are stupid. Well, uh, a lot of, uh, yeah, once you get down to the, like the top 10% of superheroes, the names <laughs> tend to get kind of stupid, but, but I grew up heavily DC and I've been rooting for good DC stuff for a long time. Um, I see the Aquaman trailer, and what I get is they—they've been learning just enough about—they've been learning enough from the Marvel folks to try to inject a little bit of, of fun into those into these into these movies. And I think that I think that Aquaman is probably the first step. You've got somebody who's got a little charisma. They've set up Aquaman pretty well as as kind of the 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 biker of the undersea world. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, but it looks, it looks nice. It looks good. It, it has a, it has a, it has a bit of a, a fun, it has a, a fun feel to it as opposed to, you know, I, you have to kind of half blame Nolan for, for making Batman so dour. Well, right. Yeah. But that's a different take on it. The reason I like the Nolan Batman movies, the reason I always said this was like previous Batman movies were, let's take a comic book and make it live action. And the Nolan Batman movies were, what if this was occurring in the real world? Right. And so they, so what happens is those are so successful that they carry those, they, they carry that even to Man of Steel and Man of Steel should not be, Man of Steel should not be so heavy. It should not be so heavyweight. I don't know. Isn't it more interesting if it's a if it's a look at the human condition and what kind of things we? I I actually would like to see a Superman movie that's sort of like not about Superman. They had that TV show, right? That that was on. It was a comedy. It was like about people living in the world where there were superheroes, but it wasn't about the superheroes. Right. It's sort of like The Walking Dead. It's not about the zombies. It's about the people. Mm -hmm. I kind of think Man of Steel is interesting because of some of the ramifications of the real worldness. But no, I agree with you. For as from an entertainment perspective, it's not entertaining to watch him brood right and that's not and that's not really the point of superman anyway the point of superman is that that here's here's a being who has enough power to like do whatever he wants and take over the world but had he not been raised by these good farm people sure with the right attitude (laughs) and he doesn't think about it too much right he just thinks i can help people and that's what he does to the best of his ability all the time he doesn't get too caught up in why he's doing it or the fact that he's quote unquote alone in the universe or any of that stuff. That stuff never you know, that stuff never bothered Superman. So the Aquaman thing is funny because we always think of Aquaman as this sort of throwaway. He's you know, the people at um the people at uh Robot Chicken or whatever do the most hilarious job with with Aquaman because He's easy to kick around. It's like, right. well, there's no water around Aquaman. What are you gonna do? La 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 yeah. la. But but there's a there's there's a uh, I think there's a good story to be told. I like Momoa. I think he's uh, I think he's I think there's a I think there's there's some upside here. Uh, we'll see what they pull it off. I think the trailer's a lot of fun, and you get to see dudes riding sharks and stuff. I think mean, it's pretty good. It's out there. What's interesting though is Shazam, which I think yes. is. A real departure from... I mean, it's going to be... It's a comedy. 
yes. for the most part. No, it looks great. At least, at least they're setting it up that way. It's sort of like superhero big. Yes. That's a great way to describe it. And and seems like Zachary Levi's got the right attitude. He's yeah. a funny he's a funny guy. Um they put him in the gym. Good lord. <laughs> and they uh and it looks it looks really it looks really fun. And that's and that's I think that's what they need. I think that uh DC really needs somebody to come out of one of those those movies and laugh a little bit. Yeah. You know, I think about Ragnarok and how hilarious Ragnarok is, right? Do you know there's people that don't like Ragnarok and think it's bad? Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I get it, but I think it's hilarious. It's it's great. It's so good. It's so good. And um and I think DC needs a little of that. I think they need I think superhero I think they've they I think they went the way of the introspective brooding superhero too far. Yeah. I think they got off on the right step with I think I think Wonder Woman was a really great first step for them and because I it agree. was successful, I think it sets up their next their next chapter much better. Well, the thing that I thought worked really well in Justice League was that everyone else is sort of like, Bruce, what's your problem all the time? Which right. I actually really appreciated. That's what it should be like. Because yeah. going back to the Batman Nolan films, they should be brooding. That's a struggle about humanity, right? That's a man like putting his whole life into this effort to try to save his city that's overrun with criminals. Right. That It makes sense that he's upset. <laughs> <laughs> but card, comic books... One of the best parts of them is like the throwaway humor, the interaction between the characters, and finally, I think that the Justice League movie starts to explore that. The introduction of Momoa's Aquaman helps a lot because he brings a lot of levity to it. Um, the the uh, Diana Wonder Woman fish out of water dynamic works well. The um, you know, freaked out teenager who just happens to have super speed that works really well. So a lot of parts of Justice League don't work or, or work really well, but the villain doesn't work for me at all. And yeah. I think that's the problem with that movie. And in a lot of the DC movies, I think that's the problem. I um, think every time Steppenwolf shows up, they should start playing Magic Carpet Ride. <laughs> I think that's like part every of the time, problem. You got every brand time. confusion. <laughs> every, time he, every time he comes on the screen. Junt, 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 junt. It's like, what the hell? What's going on here? <laughs> the uh, No, that's, there's a lot of... Yeah, Justice League overall is not... You know, I've watched it a couple of times since yeah, it's I've watched on. it twice. And it's and yeah, overall it's kind of clunky. Yeah. But you, but you see them coming out of it, right? You see them. Yeah. Wonder Woman is Wonder Woman is a stand-up triple of a movie. Yeah. And um and all the stills from Wonder Woman 1984 look awesome. Chris Pine in his like semi mullet and the members only jacket is just <laughs> tremendous. So the, uh, but anyway, Steve Trevor was a character on the TV show, right? Yeah. So Steve Trevor, yeah. So Steve Trevor in the TV show, they went from Diana being World War II Diana to being modern day Diana, and right. Steve Trevor was like the grandson of Steve Trevor. Got it. Which I think is what we're getting here. We're getting a Steve Trevor that is the grandson of the Steve Trevor she knew. Okay. Should be interesting. I mean, yeah. it's a. Um, Anyway, but before we run out of time, I did want to take one more step. Oh, we're definitely going to run out of time. Just assume we're going to run. The, we're going to run these okay. into the OT because I okay. want to talk about the Shamalama Ding Dong movies. Too. Let's just jump right into the Shamalama. Wait, is it racist Ding-Dong to say Shamalama Ding Dong? I think it is. No, is it? No, everybody says it. That his doesn't name, make it not racist. <laughs> yeah, no, no. There's what's his name is M Night Shyamalan. Sh- yeah, Shyamalan. Shyamalan. He is of Indian descent. Yes. 
But nobody can say Shyamalan. You look at that thing, you say Shama Lama Ding Dong. <laughs> it's not that I can't say Shyamalan. It's that I can't ever remember exactly how I'm supposed to say it. And so then I default. <laughs> and I think that's what makes me feel like I'm a racist. You would do, you would do that to anybody's last name you couldn't pronounce. Anyway. I try not yeah. to. I try really hard not to. Ask right. Jackson Giant. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. There you go. Nice it's not that hard, though. I know. Anyhow. him. <laughs> anyway, we have get the M. Night thing, which I remember seeing split. I had heard, I had actually got a little bit of a spoiler. So it made me go watch split as mm-hmm. soon as it hit the uh, uh, place where I could watch it from home. And that last little bit where... That last scene where after they're eating, they're, the newscaster's going over the, the thing, and da-da-da-da-da, then they pan over, and they said, didn't this happen with somebody a few years ago with the thing? What was his name? Mr. Something? And Bruce Willis like looks up from his coffee and goes, Mr. Glass. His name was Mr. Glass. It's complete. I don't know why I got so jazzed about it. I shouldn't have gotten that jazzed about it, but it was sweet. And I thought to myself, M. Night, good for you. Here's a you finally you you finally pulled another gotcha on us that that no one saw coming, and I think that was I think that was that was great. I definitely didn't know that was going to happen at the end of that movie. <laughs> and then if you saw and then the trailer works really well for me for for Glass. Does it? I mean, I think I do. I think I yeah, I like it. I think I like the way it sets up with you know you know with the Samuel L. Just, Back in that his prince coat <laughs> with the with the wacky hair, and you know McAvoy and and Willis, I think that there there's some I think there's a there's a possibility that we're going to get some really interesting and good performances out of those three those three actors. So I think so, Split's a good movie. Yeah, Split is a good movie. Um, I read an interview with Shyamalan, and he says that the Kevin Wendell Crumb character. The split, the McAvoy character from Split, was actually in the original Unbreakable script, and he pulled it out because it wasn't there wasn't enough time. Uh huh. So he didn't film it; he just pulled it out. So he held up. He's but he's, he had it in his back pocket. Correct. To make this to make this Split movie. Yeah, and also that the the reason that the the secret was able to stay such a secret about Bruce Willis showing up at the end of the movie is that he actually didn't put it in the movie until after testing, but before release. No, that's see, that's a that's a great. That's a great M Night move. That's a classic yeah. M Night. He just put it through the ringer like it was got tested and scored without that scene in it, and then he just added it before they released the theatrical version. See, that's good work. So I know that I know that the M Night gotcha thing is always a has been a you know it 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 worked to great effect in the in the Sixth Sense, which is you know an absolute classic of a movie. And then and then for him to finally be able to pull another one is. Is after years of trying uh, to pull to pull stuff on us, um, I think he finally hit a winner here. I got so, the sense that he was trying to rush movies out, and then he was just trying to like, what can I do? What can I do? And it was just like, he was, instead of like the stuff that he has had in his head, works for the most part. Yeah. Um, although I don't know if I can vouch for the village. Although I think I like it more than most people. I think the village is a good movie. I liked it. People really hate it. Yeah, it's the Marky Mark Trees movie that that I happening. Like. Oh, Jesus. it's not a good movie. That movie sucks. But it, there's a whole thing where I think that he was really trying to push movies out there for a period mm-hmm. of time, and they weren't working. But this, I'll give it a chance. I I, I don't know that I'll go see this in the theater because I didn't see Split in the theater either. 
but uh it depends uh, it depends on the release date right i don't know man if it's not off. star wars or marvel or tom cruise hanging from a helicopter i don't know if i'm going to the theater <laughs> <laughs> it is tough to get out to see it is tough to get out to see something like that but uh but I think I think uh, I, I like M Night's chances of making making this movie work, and um, I guess that gives him a trilogy, right? Yeah. I think is this a is this a wrap up? Is this a is this an unbreakable split, and then Glass trilogy? Did they need? I wonder if he's gonna try to get one more movie out of these these guys if they if it, if this works really well. We got the M Night M the M Night Shyamalan cinematic universe. Yeah, well, I mean. We'll see how we'll see how this works, but I like the trailer. I think the trailer has it has the right amount of. Again, this is the kind of thing where people can be a little more serious, a little more, you know, true to life because they are they are more real life depictions of superheroes rather than people flying around or people sure. people with magic hammers and stuff. And I know everybody seems to like her work, and I know she's apparently a good actress, and I don't disagree with it. But I'm not a big Sarah Paulson fan. <laughs> I feel like she's. I don't know. Like, I don't know how to put it. I didn't like her when she showed up in Studio 60. I don't like, I don't like that. Just not your cup of tea? Yeah, I don't watch, I, I don't watch the uh, American Horror Story. Uh, yeah, I'm not I know, a I know that's hugely popular, but it's just, yeah. it never never worked for me. Right. Anyway, there we go. Into the OT. Well, I know we're already We've in been the into OT. the OT. <laughs> <laughs> but I did want to touch on one last thing in the OT in the last couple of minutes is uh, the Phil Mickelson dancing in a, in a, in a, uh, in a sport. We can't get through the two on three podcast without talking about golf, but this is not about golf. This is about abs- a man embarrassing himself. Well, this, this is, so here's the funny thing, right? I, I, I see this as more of the IHOB thing. And I, and I don't know why people got pissed off at IHOP for doing this IHOP thing. Did we ever really think they were going to rebrand, you know, hundreds of stores with a I B? think it was more that people were like, there's only like three or four good breakfast places. I don't need another burger joint. What are you doing? Well, they just, well, no, they, people were all pissed off. It's like, well, you're going to turn it into, that's stupid. That's, you know, why would you change your whole name and your whole brand? And, and then. And what was funny is because when IHOP said, oh, we're not really doing that, that was just sort of a marketing thing. People got a bit out of shape. I'm like, of course it was a marketing thing. What? You... Anyway, right. so now here we are with Phil Mickelson dancing around in a, in a, in a shirt that I wonder if they, if they really are that comfortable, maybe I should buy a, uh, uh, a one of these. Well, I haven't, I mean, I haven't, <laughs> I stopped wearing pants without stretching them like six years ago. So I, I'm all for the shirts having it too. Right. Right, I need a little. I need, a, you know, let's get a little older and a little uh, chubbier. Yeah, a little. Uh, he's the right guy for this. It's like, well, hey, I'm not. Yeah, you know, he's not like super overweight, but he's not skinny. He's yeah. like a guy. He's yeah. like a. He's a a guy who's my age. You know, closer to fifty. Yeah. Yeah. You know? This is this is this marketing's for me, and the dad dancing is awesome. <laughs> well, he obviously knows it's bad, right? The whole thing, they know it's it's bad on purpose. The spotlights in the background are insane, like the golf ball moon. Did you notice yeah, that the moon yeah. is a golf ball? <laughs> he's in on the joke. It's it's not like he's out here thinking, I'm really awesome. I'm yeah, really but the awesome concept dancer. is so strange. That's part of the problem. Like, <laughs> Like they're firing golf balls at him and he's dancing. And, and the look on his face throughout the whole commercial is hilarious. It's, I think it, golf Twitter was a light this oh, today yeah. with this. I mean, I think it worked. I think it reached the audience. It's well, I saw it. I saw it many, many times on the internet today. Yes, everybody who has even any 
touch points into the world of golf who's on Twitter, who I follow on Twitter, tweeted ad nauseum about it. <laughs> Well, there's, so, so, it's so weird, the facial expressions he's making, <laughs> the thing where he catches the golf ball and then, like, sort of dismissively tosses it away. Yeah, and then the, and then the little Saturday Night Fever point. Yes. It's just, it's oh, God. It's the so high good. kick, the super kick. Like, <laughs> it's so good. Dude, it's so good. The I can't, fists I can't, together, dodging I, part. I, <laughs> I can't stand it. It's so good. It's... I, I'm, I'm behind it 100%. Now... Ask me if they if they run this ad campaign for more than about two weeks, <laughs> they're going to run this ad at least through the PGA Championship, right? I don't then... ever want to see it again, though. Like today was nice; it was fun. I enjoyed seeing it on people's feeds, and I don't really right. ever want to see it again. I no, certainly gonna, don't want to see it on TV. You're going to see it. You're going to see it for a while. You're going to see it at least two or three weeks too long. Okay, well, we'll talk about it again when I'm angry about seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> think, think about Rory and l- living in the Hall of Fame kind of levels of I'm ready to be done with this. Great. Because this... <laughs> you will be. I'm, right. I'm, I'm definitely already ready to be done with it. Just thinking about having to see it again. <laughs> All right. Well, we'd like to thank everybody for for sticking around with us today. I know we I know we plowed some diff- some different territory than we usually do, um, but you know, variety is the spice of life. You know? Yeah. Enjoy. I don't know, man. Vote. Register people to vote. We're gonna have to do everything we can to try to. I don't yeah, know. Take, take back control of this wild partic- ship that's out. Of- <laughs> participate in your dem in your democratic republic. That's what your job is as a citizen. Help steer the boat away from the iceberg, please. <laughs> find out, find some people who, who you can support and support them. I like that's it. What I, that's what yeah, I said. I mean, you don't even have to agree with me. Just vote. Just I, I don't. Yeah. I, I, I want to see an. I want an eighty percent electorate turnout for once, please. Come on, come on, vote. You got you got your primary ballots and stuff. At least we do in Washington. So get those things in the mail. Get the thing going, man. Kick in the ass. Make something happen. Absolutely. Well, once again, our 30-minute podcast has hit the 50-minute mark, so I think it's time for us Woo! to go. So thanks, everybody, for listening to the 2 on 3 podcast. We appreciate you coming out and listening to us each and every week. We'll be back next week, and until then, peace!
Look inside the left, the sound take you away. 